What is up, y'all? Welcome back to HRT. I hope your week was swell. I'm very excited for this week's guest. Uh, his name is Finn. He's actually a content creator. Maybe you've heard of him. His uh, at on YouTube is Swolesome, aka Fantastic Mr. Fox. He makes really great content. Uh, he's a really awesome dude. We had a lot of great conversations about, you know, lateral violence within the trans community. A lot of, you know, talk about Buck Angel and Blair White, Caitlyn Jenner, all of that stuff. Uh, we talk about how how transphobia has affected both of our uh, transitions, you know, personally, um, what it means to be a man, all the good stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear it and watch it. Um, definitely check out Finn's channel. It'll be in the description below. He's a really cool dude. He's very well-spoken. I think he's the smartest man I've ever met. I'm not really sure. Uh, but yeah, please do that. And check out my Discord. I think I'm going to be hosting a movie night, maybe game night, something like that soon. So definitely come join. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Patreon, I'm going to be putting out some gaming clips soon. So that's fun. If you're interested in that, maybe I should do a gaming channel. Oh, my God. Also, stickers. I'm going to be trying to sell those soon. So again, please let me know if you would like some HRT stickers. If you're driving, stop driving because they look like this and they're really cool. And I love them. Uh, yeah, that's about it for this week's intro. I will see you next week, and let's go talk to Finn. Okay, bye. I'm going to start by asking you where you are from. Yes. So I'm from, uh, I was born in Canada, um, but I grew up between uh, Canada and the Bahamas Islands. Uh, so I'm Ooh. Bahamian as well. Uh, mom's That's Bahamian, dope. dad's Canadian. That's so cool. Where yeah. are you living now? So now I live in Canada. Um, okay. I lived in BC for a while. Uh, that's where I initially came out and started transitioning, but now I live in Ontario. Ontario. Sweet. Now, how has Canada treated you as a trans man? Honestly, great. With all things trans. Great. Well, nice. Yeah. Real, 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 real well. Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, just poking around, seeing where, like, the best countries to live as a trans person are, uh, just out of sheer curiosity. And, you know, you never know if you want to move. Um, and it was like, oh, Canada. Canada's the best one. Canada is, like, <laughs> number one on a lot of lists, uh, at worst, number two. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm sticking around. I guess I'll just yeah, stay right. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's facts. I, I, there's a lot of times where I've wanted to get out of the U.S. and go right to Canada because it's, it's rough out here. I have heard that Canada's better. Yes. <clears throat> now, how about? Uh, I know you probably weren't trans living in the Bahamas, but how do they handle it over there? Do you think? It's not good. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's not great. Uh, Bahamas is, and I've, I've had, I've had, you know, this conversation with, with friends before with a, a foreign, a foreign man in a foreign land. Cause he's, he's Bahamian. And of course we've talked quite a bit about this. It's, it's really complicated because there's, it's a very religious country, very like fundamentalist Christian, which means that there isn't a whole lot of <clears throat> tolerance, let alone acceptance or, you know, celebration <laughs> for, for queer right. identities in general. Um, that is based mostly in religion and and it's it's tough because that religious practice was implemented 
kind of by colonialism like it was brought to those islands as people were stolen and brought to those islands and so like mm. it's yeah it's it's complicated but it's not great it's not a very accepting place if you're queer unfortunately yeah oh i never knew that thank you for sharing that with me yeah yeah of course um how old are you by the way oh i'm 34 34 34 i know i know i'm i'm ancient i'm i'm a trans elder that would offend a lot of like older trans people i know <laughs> <laughs> no please i called i called like a 32 year old that i had in here old i called them middle-aged actually <laughs> so, <laughs> my bones yeah. <laughs> i'm just so surprised because you i thought you were like 27 to be honest with you well thank you thank you i mean that's that one of the one of the perks of being a trans man is that you know you, you just you, you look you look young for a long time which is annoying at first but then it becomes yeah. great it, <laughs> it becomes really nice. <laughs> right. it's a fountain of youth yes um now when did you start hormones um so i started hormones when i was 29 um nice yeah yeah uh do you do im or sub q i do sub q Okay. I, I had all all sub Q men up in here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm on it's great. Oh really? Oh, you're very brave. I don't think no. I could do it. Please, I've had I've had my my bad experiences with it. The first time I ever injected myself with testosterone, I did it with an 18 gauge needle, Ooh. which everybody knows about those real thick boys. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. I, <laughs> I draw mine with those, and then I switch mm -hmm. them out for a little little bitty like i think 24 or something and that's that's yeah. the actual injection needle for me i i didn't get that part <laughs> i didn't quite understand that <laughs> my first time yeah no that was hell <clears throat> now uh not that i understand sub q doses but for anybody listening who wants to know what is your dose um so 0. 0.4 0. 0.5 i kind of like you know if i'm rationing tea kind of fluctuate in that area um gotcha. and that's that's done done really well for me um nice haven't really needed to adjust much now you have like how do you feel about shot did you have shot anxiety or anything when it comes to the needles and stuff have you ever um honestly no uh i've never never really been bothered by needles i mean i have i have two like half sleeve tattoos which i know it's it's a different thing i know it's different lots of people with <laughs> tattoos have needle anxiety um but it's never really been a problem for me. I was a little nervous because it was like, well, I've never freaked out over having to get a needle. Um, however, I've never given one to myself. <laughs> so, uh, but the ah. first time I did it, it was fine. It wasn't an issue. Nice. We love yeah. that. Do you have like a little shot routine for yourself? Like I yes. have to listen to music while, while I'm taking my shot. Otherwise, it's just it's not going to go well. <laughs> I sort of, I, I usually do it while I'm listening to a podcast, but that's because I'm like always listening to a podcast or like a YouTube video or something. So I always have something right. going. Um, nice. It's it's interesting because when I first started, it was such a ritual and I would look forward to it every week because I was just like, yeah, getting, you know, getting my, my like, just the, the man juice. Like it's, it's happening. It's so exciting. <laughs> and so I would look forward to it every week. And, you know, I would sanitize everything so thoroughly and I would just like go through all of the steps exactly by the book. And now it's, geez, nearly, nearly five, my anniversary is in May. So it's like nearly five years on hormones. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And nice. I'm, I'm not giving advice to any other trans people out there. I'm telling you what not to do. Now it's kind of <laughs> like, uh, I just like, you know, 
loosely alcohol swabs some some things yeah, right. it's like like it's just it's so it's so like <laughs> that dead ass it's like not that exciting anymore i hate very it. i hate shot day that's are right. you ever like really late with your shots or are you pretty good about that I'm pretty good about it. The only time I've been late, I was only like, I was, I was two days late with a shot once and it was because, um, I was on a road trip and my tea, apparently the stopper broke and then it just like all leaked out all over my things. And I got to the other side of the country and I was like, this is rough. I don't have a controlled substance that I need. Yeah, (laughs) that sucks. Yeah. Also a lot of money, a lot of money down the drain. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was Uh. unfortunate. But I was able to get in touch with my doctor and get it sorted out. So I got I was only two days late with it, thank goodness. That's the most you've ever been late with your shot today? Yes. Wow. Dude, I've been like a week and a half late with mine. <laughs> what do you feel Shit. like when that happens? Like do you do you feel kind of crappy? Yeah, but I don't realize it in the moment. Like I think I think I'll I'll get really emotional or really moody or just really angry. And then I'm like, why am I like this? And then a month will pass and I'm like, oh yeah. That's probably why I was hella late with my shot. Yeah. But yeah, wow. It seems like you're very good at staying on top of shots and whatnot. Good for you. Yeah. Because now now it's just just like a thing that I dread that I I feel like I have to do it in order to, you know, be comfortable in my own skin, which sucks. But very feel that. (laughs) Now, how about uh, surgeries? Top surgery. Do you want any other surgeries in the future? Um, yeah, so so top surgery I had. Uh, it's actually very very close to my my chest's birthday, uh, which is mm. January thirtieth, and I had that done uh, back in twenty twenty. So I had yeah yeah it's a nice. double double mastectomy uh, with grafts like the the whole shebang, um, and that was great. That was a great experience. Um, How, so that was in twenty twenty. So you, it'll be four years for you. Yes, four years. On the 30th? Wow, yeah. congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Now, <clears throat> when did you come out as trans? So that's a that's another complicated question. I tried to come out as trans when I was about like 19, 20, 21. I can't quite remember. I'm so old now. But I, I like in my early 20s, late teens, I tried to come out, but there wasn't really any visibility or language about trans people just yet, other than like horrible portrayals in a few awful comedies, um, and most of them about trans women, just other than like media trans misogyny and slurs getting thrown around, wasn't a whole lot of discussion about trans people, um, let alone trans men. So... Mm. I tried to come out. I was like, I think I'm one of those people who needs to go on testosterone. I've heard that that's a thing. Yeah. And, but, you know, because of the lack of language, lack of support, lack of understanding, the people in my life who I tried to come out to were kind of like, that's not, but you haven't, no, you don't fit the narrative of very, very upset trans woman who has been insisting since she was a child that she is not the right gender and that's the only example of a trans person that we have and that's not you so like no and so mm-hmm. more officially i came out as trans when i was 28 mm, okay. that's when it stuck now <laughs> what what year was it when you tried it and everyone was like no you're not trans you say around the time doesn't have to be what did, you been... say, did you say 2019 or did i make that up Oh no, I might have I might have said 2019, 
Um, oh no, I, I think 2019 was when I like started hormones, like late 2019. Oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. no, don't don't apologize. You're good. Um, <laughs> it would have been it would have been like 10 years before that, uh, maybe 11 mm. years before that. So 2009, 2008. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That makes that checks out. <laughs> That checks out. <laughs> Not great. Not great. Mm-mm. No, dude, I can't imagine trying to come out in like 2009. And people came out way before that too. So like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Because I, I remember 2015, 2016, I was introduced to, you know, what trans is. I didn't even know I was trans myself. And I, even myself, had some ignorant thoughts about it. So oh, like. Yeah. I can't even imagine 2009-ish. Like, that's wild. I think back on some of the things that I thought about, like, the trans community and, and, and trans people and some of the stereotypes that I had absorbed, and I just cringe. And that was before I even, like, officially came out. Because it it's when I was convinced that, like, no, you're not trans because you don't fit, like, the stereotypical trans narrative precisely, I was like, oh, okay, well, I must not be trans. I'm just someone who hates every moment of every day in this particular gender that's been assigned to me but that's not trans that's just someone who's miserable for other reasons <laughs> no dead eyes and you said like how you know everyone told you you weren't trans because you didn't look trans and you didn't look like a trans woman because everyone just thinks that trans women are drag queens and stuff and yeah. i relate to that hard <laughs> hard um now, but you did come out in what twenty? What'd you say? Uh, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Got yeah. it. Now, well, I think, I, think I officially came out in like twenty eighteen, um, but then like kind of started the process in twenty nineteen. My my process, not the process, but I started my <laughs> process in twenty nineteen. <laughs> Got you. Nice. And you were how old? Did you say twenty eight? Um, yeah, I was twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight when I came out. Nice. Now, how did that go? Who did you like come out to first? So I actually, I, I came out first to my partner at the time. Um, and there were, there were a lot of, you know, it, it was hard cause he, he's a heterosexual man. Um, and so there were a lot of tears. It was a lot of, and it's sort of like, he kind of put it together cause it was, it got to the point where it was just unbearable, right? Like I was crying myself to sleep at night. It was just, I was, I was miserable. I was dissociating all the time. And he kind of brought it up with me and was like, hey, so what's going on? Like, you're <laughs> not happy. Well, what's happening? And, right. you know, we had that hard conversation. There were a lot of tears, um, but ultimately he was he was incredibly supportive. He was like, you know, like, I can't promise that I'm going to continue to be attracted to you as a romantic partner, but mm-hmm. I'm sure not gonna stop you from transitioning because like i can see how much you need that because you're clearly not having an okay time um so he was the first person that i came out to like officially and then my best friend was the next person um and then my siblings and you know just kind of like one after the other went through the friends and the siblings and then eventually worked up to my parents (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are always the last ones yeah now how did how did that go how did the family um Siblings were great. Siblings were great. Um, my, my youngest sibling is actually trans as well. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, yeah. Paved the way for her to kind of like, you know, which I, we both knew that about each other. Like we just knew. Um, and so when I came out, it was kind of like, okay, good. Uh, since we're here already, like, by the way, uh, <laughs> but with the parents, it was, it, it took a bit. 
like it took a bit it wasn't it wasn't perfect it wasn't the worst um i consider myself lucky in that i i knew regardless like i i wouldn't get cut off from the family or kicked out or anything like that so i had that security which made the whole experience so much easier and there were my mom had some difficulties like you know she kind of like what made you this way and it was a lot of like well nothing made me this way like you know just i guess birth like being born made me this way um (laughs) it's like i can't can't really give you more than that (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I th- I had the same experience. I mean, when I came out, I knew that I wouldn't be exiled either, but I also knew it was going to take some time. Yeah. And like now my mom is like one of my biggest supporters, but you know, at the time she was also the one, when I first came out, she was also the one being like, mm, God didn't make you that way though. Something's yeah. wrong here, you know, but it, all yeah. it takes is time for them to see that you're not, you know, a freak, you know, and yes. society isn't going to hopefully not gonna like tear you down as a human being too much at least <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that you're not in like physical danger yeah for for them to learn that like the problem with being trans is the society trying to tear you down like that's that's where the problem originates it's where the problem sits that's where that's what that's that's the problem right like it's not a problem in you as a person and i also i right. i it was hard obviously like really hard at the time and I, i'm sure you went through something really similar having like when you do this thing that's really, really challenging, so difficult to tell people, um, that's just going to, in many ways, like totally change the course of your life. And people are like, "Eh, I I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't like that. And I'm going to put all, yeah, like, no thanks. And I'm going to put all of the emotional labor about me not liking it onto you. Um, do you have more emotional space right now for that? And definitely not. Um, so Yeah. yeah. That's that's. It's rough. like, l- let me let me take your world of pain that you're going through and make it about myself and how I don't like it. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what more. it is. Yep. Yeah, right. But no, I try to keep in mind that, like, you know, I had I had years of knowing. Like, I've known I've known I was a boy since I was four, but I didn't know what that meant until later. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I'm I am one of those. Like, I knew since I was I was a, a, a little kid. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, not everyone does, but I, I, I definitely did. And, you know, it was reminding myself when I got frustrated with, with people, particularly my mom for not getting it. It was like, well, she's had a couple months. I've had a couple decades. <laughs> it's, mm. Yeah. It's, it's right. A little different. Now, did you find that when you started hormones that people, it was easier for people to accept you or not? Yes. Yeah. For sure. Definitely a frustrating aspect. But I, I mean, like, I battle with that sometimes because, like, as I said many times, my dad didn't accept me until he saw, like, saw proof that yeah. society viewed me as a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I struggle with that because it's like, okay, I get it because, like, I guess you did need physical proof that, you know, I am one, but you should have seen that before is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, because, you know, some some trans people don't want to go on hormones or they can't go on hormones. So it's just like like breaking this whole idea that you have to, you know, or they go on them and they don't have like they don't have the effects that maybe they want. Like there's so many reasons why you just need to accept accept someone when they tell you just, right. just roll with it. Like you don't need fucking proof. Yeah. For that when somebody tells you what they are like, I don't know. 
I don't go up to cis people and be like, prove to me that you're a man. Prove to me that you're a female. Like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why do you care so much? Yep. <laughs> now, uh, I want to ask you about how you're a content creator. Because I checked out your channel. And, dude, your videos are sick. And they're oh, really important you. for the community. Like, thank I you. really enjoyed watching them. 100%. Now, tell me about it. When did you start content creating? So, I, I started content creating in 2020. Um, so I was pretty, pretty new on the trans scene, um, but I really wanted to start then specifically because I was having these new trans person feelings in my, at the, at the time I was 30. Um, so I was having new trans person feels in my thirties. And I noticed that the only real visibility for trans men was like Buck Angel, who I'm not <laughs> going to get started on. Um, so Buck Angel. And then, you know, if anyone was like, oh, who are your favorite trans man creators? It was like, oh, do you know No Offense? Do you know Jamie Dodger? Do you know Ty Turner? And it was like, there's there's the three musketeers. There they, and don't get me wrong. I love yep. those guys. Like, awesome, awesome content creators. Um, and I realize I'm not adding much. I'm, I'm not really diversifying anything by being like, hey, I'm another cis-passing white guy. Want to hear about my experience? <laughs> but... <laughs> But as a dude in his 30s, I was kind of like, you know, I I think this might be helpful to other trans people who are just kind of confronting those feelings who like maybe because there was at the time a lot of visibility for like younger trans people, which is fantastic because there should be. Mm. But you weren't hearing as many stories from trans people who like kind of came out and started transitioning as adults. And unpacked all of the weird feels that go with that like going through that that phase of I wish I was trans so that I could transition because that would be great like that's such an adult (laughs) trans person experience right (laughs) (laughs) no deadass that's so true yeah and you know as you said like you know because I felt the same way where like I get up on YouTube and I'm like act like I'm different than fucking I don't know Sam Collins and all those younger trans guys and I'm not but the way I see it is, I don't know, I think as many people, as many trans people that want to create content should, because the more yes. people see all the different sides of transness, the the better it's going to get for us, you know what I mean? Yes. And even though we're, we're both cis white passing guys, white cis passing guys, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I don't know, we still have such a different experience from all those other trans creators that are, you know, out here trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, So you started your channel when you were like freshly trans. Yes. Nice. That's cool. Did you just like, were you just like, I, people can benefit from, you know, my story. I think, let me put it online. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, And it was, it was mostly to try and like kind of communicate, like I said, you know, what it was like realizing, officially that I was trans as an adult and starting the process of transitioning as an adult. Um, I wanted to kind of document my transition as well. I didn't really commit to that as much. I just kind of, I started getting into sort of more theoretical and emotional things instead, because I'm just kind of a marshmallow of a person. So it was kind of bound to go in that direction (laughs) anyway. I love that. Um, Yeah. Now, since... I know you said you didn't document your transition itself too much, but you're, you know, if you look back to like, you know, 
your videos from a long time ago, you could see, you know, your physical difference in, in your looks and whatnot. And you can see your transition. Now, do you think, you know, it's helpful to your transition, being able to look back and all that stuff and learn from it and whatnot? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, there were a lot of points, um, and, and this honestly only, only recently, well, I shouldn't say recently, maybe within the past year, it stopped entirely. That feeling of like, you know, where you have those kind of like really, really high euphoria days, and then you just hit a low where you're like, I've got no changes, like nothing's happening. It's not happening fast enough. What? Uh, like, mm-hmm. and that feeling like those days of like, man, I haven't changed at all. Like I, I haven't gotten anywhere near where I want to be. That stopped probably about a year, year and a half ago. But it is really interesting having that video record, like looking back and just seeing, you know, well, like hearing my voice, it hasn't changed all that much since then, but it has changed a little bit. Um, So hearing my voice, seeing facial features that have changed, um, the fact that I went from like completely smooth face to at least having a, a neared, it's not not quite there yet but it's like <laughs> it's it'll happen it'll happen is that the the ginger tax <laughs> now i bet it's also like mentally too stuff like that because like you talk a lot on your channel about trans problems and how you feel about queerness and transphobia and all that stuff and i'm sure that it's cool to see you know if your mind has changed about any of the stuff that you talked about in your earlier years of your channel and stuff too i bet yes that's very much so opinions opinions having changed definitely definitely and but that was mostly through engaging with other trans people and it went from being sort of like i i did that thing where it was like okay i've unpacked a lot of really awful attitude can 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 i swear i yeah for sure okay okay because i i've I've a a sailor yeah okay great (laughs) because i do um unpack some really shitty attitudes like just awful awful things uh that i that Mm. i used to think and you know i knew they weren't necessarily okay to talk about um but i I guess i guess what what that's kind of taught me and looking back at it now i realized it helped me realize how much i wasn't aware of not being aware of like things i didn't know i didn't know right Um, so by confronting those attitudes, it was just like, okay, well, if I was so wrong about this and I knew I was wrong about that, and then through unpacking that, I learned I was wrong about this other thing. Mm. What else am I wrong about? Mm. Like what, what else have I just not reached yet on this particular trajectory? So it was, it's been really useful for that. hundred percent. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, being self-aware like that and just aware of things in general is hard but also fairly easy. You know what I mean? Like it's, so it makes me like mad at the world that other people can't just sit down for a second and think, Hey, you know, (laughs) if that's the case with this thing, then maybe, okay. And it leads you to to the next thought and to the next thought, just like you said. So I get that. And I also wanted to ask you, um, I'm fairly new at this whole content creation thing. It's only been, not even a full year of this podcast yet and i don't know i have already subjected myself to so much hate and so much transphobia and in 2023 you know and i don't know how long have you been content creating when did you start again 
2020? Um, so it was, yeah, it was 2020. Um, I think like May-ish, spring of 2020. And things weren't, you know, the best when it came to trans people in 2020 either. So I can't even imagine how, how it was then. Do you think that, you know, how have you dealt with all the transphobia that has probably been thrown at you throughout the years? I mean, a combination of kind of water off the duck's back and engaging with it and not in the way that people would think. Basically, I mean, I'm a, I'm, excuse me, I'm a like radical leftist. That's, those are my values. Those are my principles, Um, not just politically, but ideologically. And for me, it's, it's. What makes me sad about it, like the hardest thing about about the transphobia for me personally, isn't what's being said. It's the fact that so many people feel the need to say it. And to me, that's just, that's reflective of this systemic issue. Like, of course it is. We all know that systemic transphobia is a thing. And I have found a surprising amount of success in leaning into the conversation not to correct people but just to be like what why like why do you think that why do you feel that Mm. way what's that about Mm. and so kind of leading people not leading them to a specific idea i mean obviously if i could do that i like i would i'd just be like okay poof nobody's a transphobe anymore awesome but getting them to think about why they think things and that's been that's been helpful sometimes i mean sometimes it is just rough i don't want to make it sound like well as an enlightened being i just like no sometimes it sucks ass like it's, it's fucking awful like people just say the meanest things for no reason well it's like just because you know they they hate you for being trans it's awful and quite frankly shame on them they're being shitheads when they do that they're being awful people but there's some separation in recognizing that it comes from their own struggles under this really intense cis heteronormative binary system Right. So in keeping that in mind and keeping in mind that people causing hurt are speaking from hurt of their own, that that helps at least a little bit. It helps right. me be compassionate towards them. That takes a lot of patience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Sometimes lot of I patience. <laughs> but I <can. laughs> Well, even seen in some of your videos, too, in the ones that I've seen, you know, you are you're very good at, like, putting language to things where I feel like I'm just, I, and having patience too, where I feel like I'm just like, I get angry and I'm like, well, fuck you. <laughs> like sometimes I'm at fault for that. You know what I mean? Well, that's understandable because <laughs> yeah. it's angry. Yeah. It's, it's fucking infuriating. It's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Like it's both, both things are true. Both things are true. Right. And you know, when people take the time to watch your videos and choose to hate on it, like I, my episodes that I put out are like most of the time an hour and a half long and sometimes it's like you really sat down for an hour and a half and watched something that you don't agree with just to comment on it. Or you you watched five minutes of it and commented something that I probably already touched on later in the video, but you didn't yeah. even give it a chance because you just hate trans people. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Do you, do you uh, think that, you know, I kind of asked you before, but in a way of like, I don't know. We have to subject ourselves to all of this hate 
in transphobia all the time because if we want to put out content, it's kind of what we have to do sometimes. And it's definitely hard because I feel like, you know, I think you actually said it in one of in one of your videos that I watched, but um I think, you know, people like you, people like me, we sit down and we read and we get educated on these things before talking about it. And a lot of people who, you know, don't like us will just speak from, you know, feelings or just anger and not know much about it. And we have to literally read about how people hate us and basically want us dead. Um, And now do you think that subjecting yourself to that much hate, do you think it's put any negative feelings towards your own transition at all? No. Um, if, if anything, I feel much more secure in my transition. And the reason being that when someone comes at me with like really overt transphobia and, and it kind of like, it just kind of glances off of me. Like they're trying to invalidate me. They're trying to make me feel terrible about myself. And, and like that, that, when I was talking earlier about like kind of unpacking those, those deeper feelings, like when you find that you feel uncomfortable about something, it's like, why, 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 why does that make me uncomfortable? Why does that bother me? Why is that so difficult for me to face? And the fact that when people come at me with transphobia and I don't feel that at all, to me, based on the emotional work that I've done on myself is just a show of security. Like someone is trying to challenge my very existence. They're trying to challenge my whole identity. And that little voice in the back of my mind is like, look at this fucking jackass like (laughs) they look so dumb right now so in a way it's been like yeah it's it's been it's been it's been kind of affirming it's not to say that you know because i'm sure there are lots lots of trans people who come up against that and they do feel doubt and discomfort and it can be for a number of reasons i'm sure like i can't obviously can't speak for anyone else but i have talked to people who run into that and it's like wow this is really this pain is worse than the pain I felt before living in the closet. So I've, I've heard about that too. And so I don't want to minimize that by saying what I'm saying, just because I think that that's such a very real experience, because we know that the number one reason that people detransition, uh, if they do, is lack of support and just social pressure. So, mm. yeah. Sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent yeah. there, but yeah. No, 100%. I don't think I've really talked about that too much, how what you just said, detransitioners not having support, and that's why they detransition, not because they regret anything. Yeah. And it's because of how, most of the time, it's because of how the world views trans people. Ah, God, imagine, imagine, oh, imagine being on hormones and like, you know, finally being at peace with who you are, but society people around you are telling you that you're just doing it wrong and that you're a freak and having to stop hormones and then be even probably be even more uncomfortable with your body. Oh my God. Not for me. (laughs) Yeah. That's wild. (laughs) That's yeah. Well, and it's, 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 it's labeling theory, right? That if you, if you give someone, people become the things that you tell them to be because we're social animals. We're so sensitive to the people around us. And this is something that I've like tried to communicate. I'm sure many, many trans people, particularly any trans people who make educational content or speak to parents, um, have tried to educate parents of young trans people about and older trans people for that matter. Anyone who interacts with trans people, 
that if you label someone broken or wrong, they are going to feel like they are. They're going to feel Mm. like a deviant. They're going to feel like they're not included. And of course, it's why, it's exactly why, like, Republicans, um, sorry to to bring those guys up, but uh, (laughs) it's exactly why Republicans are doing the things that they're doing. It's not about, you know, they don't have genuine concern. They don't have genuine concern. It's not about protecting kids. Obviously, obviously not. It's about making people feel like they are wrong and broken and deviant to the point that they don't try to be themselves anymore, that they just give up on it. So I guess it's it's easy for me to say as someone who doesn't come up against this feeling very often, but I I want more trans people who are facing that to realize that like claiming yourself and standing by your transition is an act of rebellion against people who need to be stopped. Like they just they just need to fuck off and shut up. And if being yourself is the way to make that happen, congratulations, you are a revolutionary every day of your life. Mm-hmm, period dude damn like yeah no you're so right because like as you said you know they try and make a try and tell us that we are mentally ill and that we are broken and you know and the mentally ill thing is hard because then it's like okay i'm not mentally ill but gender dysphoria is a mental illness sure but like that's where they get you the whole gender dysphoria thing yeah i don't know yep. that always and makes I mean- me mad I am mentally ill. I'm a mentally ill person, but I'm also trans. <laughs> so Period. Just, That's the I just difference. Happen to, I just happen to be both at the same time. Because, you know, I'm an overachiever. Right. right. <laughs> Reach for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, what you said, it, they, I think it's a tactic to make us feel weak. You know, they tell us that we're weak so that we are, we have to be weak and we can't, you know, fight for our own rights, which is really sad. Which yeah. is why I agree with you. Where I think stand by your transness and your transition. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying about needing more trans people just being visible. Because the more trans people are, that are visible, like the easier it is for somebody who feels isolated with these particular mm-hmm. feelings, right? So, yeah. And you can't... I've talked about this a few times, but I know, you know, some trans creators that don't talk about their transition and it it i I can't you know you can't force anybody it's their own right to not talk about it if they don't want to but i think i've maybe in the past felt a little frustrated by it because it's like you know you have a you have a huge platform you have a platform you can help like you can help these kids who are confused and even these older people who are confused like if you just talked about it but then again it's like you know, maybe that person just wanted to be cis their whole life and, you know, people are perceiving them as cis and they're happy and you can't fight that. So yeah. it's definitely, it's a, it's an internal battle, I think, for me sometimes. I mean, I, I honestly feel the same way because it, it, de- it depends, right? Like some people don't, they don't want to be fighting a public fight, um, which is totally understandable. They don't want to center a, like that specific aspect of themselves, which is also understandable. At the same time, I think it's like really important to unpack the sort of assimilationism in it. Mm. Um, and I'm not applying this to everyone who does this, obviously not. But there is something, you know, I've, I've, I've literally heard trans people say, you know, well, I don't want to be a trans person. I just want to be a person. And it's like, that is, yeah, for sure. 
you should just be a person. We should all just be a person. But what is a person in a world that assumes cis is the default, white is the default, male is the default? What does a person mean? And so it's, it's, not, it's not that I think that trans people have a responsibility to challenge a sort of cis default narrative. It's that I think all people have a responsibility to challenge the idea that there's a default person in the first place. And so I think that's what kind of gets me about it is sometimes I see people straying into that, you know, well, I just want to be cis passing and left alone. And it's like, okay, well, I want to see a world where cis passing isn't a thing. That's Mm -hmm. personally what I would like to have. It's also like take cis people off the pedestal. Like, yes, I I, I don't, I don't want to be cis. I, in the beginning of my transition, I wanted to be cis. I very much wanted to be cis. I wish I had never been trans. Like I didn't, I did not want this, but now I'm like, fuck that. I don't, I don't, it's a, it's a struggle because I, I know that in public, I look like a cis man. People perceive me as a cis man, but I like certain aspects of that for sure. I like that they're not, you know, being mean to me and thinking about what's in my pants or, you know, my rights or anything. But I hate that, you know, the way cis men are viewed today too is like, you know, it's always, oh, fuck cis men. I say it all the time. But, like, <laughs> I, that's also a reason why I don't want to be perceived as one. You know what I mean? And I like the fact that I think I think that I think differently than a cis man, and I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I think to change the narrative of, you know, that all trans people want to be cis, that's not what being trans is. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And it's it's what kind of world are we living in that, that like so many trans people want to be cis? Like what what needs to be fixed is that trans people feel the need to be cis in the first place. And for some people, I mean, for some people it's, you know, like if they have bottom dysphoria, if they have a lot of, they have a lot of like physical dysphoria, kind of another, that's a whole other conversation. Right. But in, in this world, the way that it is, I mean, speaking, certainly speaking for myself, my desire to be cis early in my transition was just like, I just wanted to be treated like a man and seen like a man and talked to like a man and not have to ever come up against any doubt that that's who I am. And that has nothing to do with me being trans and everything to do with how people perceive me and how people talk to me, more specifically how cis people perceive me and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. I think it's also about like taking, it's, it's, cause it's also about masculinity and femininity. It's not about oh, cis. Yeah. Like, I think there's such a divide between cis and trans that everybody forgets about, like, masculinity and, like, how I want to – I'm a masculine person. I want to be masculine doesn't mean I want to be cis. You know what I mean? Like, separate masculine – separate the word masculinity from cis men because cis men aren't the only people who are masculine. Yeah. That's how my brain sees it. Yeah. And a lot of cis men like not being masculine. Like let let, yeah. let those guys let those guys go hard. They're great. Yeah. Right. What like a flamboyant gay man is not a man. Like you can't sit there and tell me he's not a man. Like so where's your logic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but when I messaged you to be on the podcast, you said something really cool that you wanted to talk about um combating lateral violence within the trans community. I thought that was cool. Um, You said a lot of things that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more. 
Now, we all know there is a lot of, you know, we just talked about hate outside the community coming into the community, but there's a lot of judgment and stuff within the community from other trans people. Like you said, Buck Angel, I, I can name like five of them, Blair White, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, now, where do you think all of that comes from and why do you think people do that? So that is kind of the the assimilationism thing um and i don't and i know that i've already kind of like rolled out the cork board and i have my red thread and i've gotten started already but it to me it it, it goes back to that it goes back to i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna say the words i'm gonna say the words it goes back to like white supremacist colonial cis heteronormative patriarchal capitalistic structures and i know that anyone who has like a remotely right-leaning political view just rolled their eyes so hard and is probably about to <laughs> shut the podcast off. So I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> Good. Do it. But if you don't agree, true. shut it off. <laughs> yeah, for real. Go away. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true, right? Is, is, is these, these systems that are in place that have set up this idea that there is, there's a human being who is a like white cisgender heterosexual non-disabled man. Um, that that's like a person and then anything else that that is like different from that in some way is derivative of that base model of a human being right and i think for trans people who hate other trans people so much of it comes back to the fact that it's like oh but we're working so hard to fit the base model and we're working so hard to be palatable it's the respectability politics like they they just they so badly want to just be this contrived idea of normal that anyone who exists close to them anyone that they feel is representative of them as a trans person just by being trans must be stopped if they are getting in the way of them achieving that particular social privilege a hundred percent i think it's also you know some trans people as you said try so hard to be normal and it's all for that cis male validation at the end of the day, I feel like sometimes, yes. you know, because like even I've, I've been at fault for that, craving the validation, the validation, <laughs> the validation from cis men. And I don't know why, I don't know why as a society we all crave it, but we do like, I say it all the time, but I think I'd say it because I think she's a good example of it. But Caitlyn Jenner, how, you know, she, yeah, she, she in her mind is the only trans person that's allowed to be trans. I feel like she doesn't fight for us. She doesn't care about other trans people. She just wants to be that one trans person that all of the rich Republicans, rich Republican white male that, just what they like, you know what I mean? You know, they she wants them to say, "Oh, f trans people," but that Caitlyn Jenner, she's okay. Yeah, one you of know? the one of the good ones, one of the yeah. good ones. Yeah, yeah, just which is gross. It's gross. Imagine, imagine like, you know, going through you know so much pain and heartbreak over you know yourself, your like your self image, and then seeing millions of people across the world have the exact same problem as you but you do nothing about it you make it worse for them make it worse like i i don't know don't get it yep 
Neither do I. No, I did not. I did not build my identity from the ground up after destroying the one that was assigned to me, just so that I could like beg for crumbs of validation from people I don't like. Right. That's people who who ridiculous. want you dead. Yeah. Like no thanks, no mm. thanks. They should they should beg for validation from me. Right. They Period. should come to me. Period. I don't have I anything to prove to those guys. No. no. And you know I don't know. As I said, it's the cis male validation, and it's just trying so hard to be cis. Because you know there are there are trans people out there that try a little bit too hard to be cis. When you're like, ah, uh, I don't know if your morals are in are in check. Yes, you know what I mean. Yep, I don't know. Well, and also like, what is your? They're kind of telling on themselves, right? Because they try so hard to be cis, so they treat trans people like shit, and it's like. What is it about cis people and the performance of cisness and fitting into that that whole construct of a person? What is it about that that makes you think you need to be mean to trans people to prove it? It's it's the same thing with like men who are misogynistic. It's like so you're recognizing that your idea of what a man is and what masculinity is must include being horrible to women and feminine people. What's that about? Mm-hmm. Like where mm-hmm. where did that come from? You think it's you think it's cool and cute to be mean to women just because the cis guys are doing it? Like, oh, nothing makes me more mad than that. But that's like that's I mean, an example of cis men seeking cis man validation, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's and like, thing. it's it's not just you know females, trans women, trans men who crave cis male validation. It's also cis men. You know, jealousy in cis men stems from the from them craving their bros like validation that's all it is at the end of yep. the day it's not fun no. um <clears throat> now have you has anyone in your life another trans person if you know if you have another trans person in your life have you ever known any of them to be like misogynistic or transphobic at first hand Yes. Um, I've definitely dealt with other trans people in my life being transphobic, um, particularly when they start off with, you know, like they're going after xenogender people or people who use neo pronouns. And they're like, this makes our whole community look bad. And this is going to make transphobes hate us. And it's like, no, the transphobia makes transphobes hate us. This is going to give them a convenient excuse to do the thing that they were going to do anyway. If it wasn't this, it would be something else. They're just going with this because it's primarily young people who are like having these conversations, which makes them a much easier social target. Um, and I mean, also it's just, you know, it's, it's like slightly, slightly further from the established status quo than those of us who are like binary. Right. So, so I run into that quite a bit, um, and have honestly had some really productive conversations. No one, when it comes to like the misogyny side of things from like trans men, I have encountered it. There's no one personally in my life that I am close to that holds those attitudes um because i'm like i said I'm, I'm willing to have those conversations with people very much so but if you're the kind of person who thinks that way we're probably not tight yeah no period i think i i did have a friend a trans guy friend who was kind of not didn't treat women poorly but would say things like a cis man would in like a not appropriate way like in a sexual way and it's just like locker room talk yeah and it's like you're trying so hard you're trying so hard to be cis and it's it doesn't look good it doesn't look good yeah like why do you think i want to hear that like i don't know yeah oh piss me off i'm sorry to deviate too but like oh please 
when you start passing as as like or being read as a man across the board, mm-hmm. right? You start being read as a man, and cis men just say some truly wild things. Like they'll just say some really wild shit, and it's like I'd heard about this, but experiencing it like <laughs> up close and personal, it was like the first time I just I was just a deer in the headlights. This guy, mm-hmm. I'm like driving with a guy to a gig and he's he makes some comment about like women drivers and then just starts laughing and i just like i just sat there in silence for a moment i'm like i've never had to to do this before i've whoa and it's like that moment of panic it's like do i laugh do i you know make a scene what do i do (laughs) yeah like what what do i do He, he made a comment about women drivers and i just sat there very very quietly for like an uncomfortably long time until he stopped laughing and then he got uncomfortable and i was like my sister is one of the best drivers I know. And like, that was it. And that was it. (laughs) I didn't know what else to say. I was like, that's such a weird statement, dude. Like, Uh, like, and so I just kind of made it clear that I was like, that was a weird thing to say. And he didn't pull that shit in front of me anymore. That's, that's how you get them. You don't, you don't have to like start a fight or anything. You just simply don't laugh. Cause yes. Now can I, can I ask, did this person know you were trans? No. No. They, they were craving your validation. They were yes. craving that laughter from you, like 100%. Yep. That's the way to do it. Just be like, that was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. did you say that? <laughs> what an embarrassing thing to do and or say. Right. Yeah, I don't – I've never understood. And what did you say before? Oh, you're talking about um, blaming uh, other queer people for yeah. why trans – transphobia exists yeah well just got a phone call sorry uh blaming (sighs) i mean lose my train of thought blaming other queer people for why transphobia exists like you know uh people outside of the binary you know even non-binary people how do you pronounce that word? Is it xenogender? I always read it and I just glance over it in my head and I don't think I ever know how to pronounce it. Is it Fair. xenogender? It is xenogender. That's that's how I've heard it said anyway. Got it. Yeah, and you know, I don't think I understand xenogender. I don't get it. But why would I – just because I don't understand it because I don't know that pain, why would I ever say that it's not valid You know, when I've – been on the other side of somebody telling me that my gender is not valid you know what i mean and you're right that's not you know it's not why transphobia exists transphobia exists because people refuse to change the way they think they refuse to ask questions they like to live in the dark they like to live in their ignorance that's all it is you know what i mean absolutely and i think people especially other trans people who are like really, really awful to um, not even just like xenogender people, but like non-binary, like people with non-binary identities as well. It's just, it's, I, I feel like, I feel like they, they are craving a new structure. Like they want some semblance of the system to like persist. And they don't look at the fact that, so they've, they have broken the status quo just by being trans, right? So they've, they have broken the idea that sex is bimodal, that gender is binary, like they have challenged that. And rather than taking that experience and being like, oh, look, I did this thing that proved that these things that I have been taught are static 
and impossible to challenge and biological realities. And I have proven that no, they are not. No, they are not in my own existence. And so they know it already. They know that already. And rather than extend that understanding to other people who maybe just like take it further, go in a different direction, just what have you, they instead are like, okay, I'm going to implement a newer, better limited system and then force everybody else to adhere to it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you were so close. Yeah. You were so close. You had a chance. Sometimes I think you're, you're a thought away. Like you're, you're one thought away from being somewhat of a decent person. If you just let yourself think (laughs) like, I don't know. I think, you know, even I, you know, in the early stages of my transition, I know we talked about it a little bit, a little bit before, I, not that I was like wildly transphobic, but I was more of just because I didn't understand what being non-binary was, what I, I didn't understand xenogender. I was one of those types of people sometimes, not to like a crazy extent, but I would be like, well, you know, if I was trans, I would, you know, be just a trans man, you know, because that's, that's how I see, you know. That's that that makes sense in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really get all the other stuff. I would say things like that. And now I realize how wrong that is. Like how who am I to invalidate somebody's experience, you know? Yes. I will say I think <clears throat> I do think that some people have made fun of the trans community by pretending to be trans or, you know, <clears throat> putting I have seen actually on TikTok that people will, you know, identify as an animal and call themselves trans. And I'm not talking about furries. We love furries. But that is, I, in the past, I have kind of been like, okay, identify however you want. That's up to you. But is that trans? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I've been like, well, I don't know about that. But anything else, I'm like, what, who am I? Who am I to say? I don't know. You know, I think it's, I think it's, it's like, there is something, there is something to be said for like having clear terms so that we can all kind of like understand what we're talking about. And I mean, like my, 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 um, you know what? I actually shouldn't, I shouldn't tell other people's stories, Um, but I, I know someone, I know someone who, who, who ran into this particular problem. Um, so like a, a cis person who ran into somebody saying the, uh, well, they've started putting litter boxes in the, in the schools for the kids. And it's like, one, that's a blatant hoax. Um, he was like, what does that have to do with trans people? Like, what does that have to do with trans people? And so I can see why, like, I can see how, if, if, you know, people are, I think they, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. So apologies if so. Um, but I have heard people who consider themselves like, you know, that they have like, like internally, they are an animal, call themselves Therian. So that's the term I'm going to use. Um, mm. if they consider themselves, like they call themselves trans, it's like, yeah, that is kind of muddying the water. It's like, are like, if you consider yourself trans species, personally don't understand, don't get it. But for me, it's like, what's, what's, what's the harm, right? Like, that's the question for me. So I'm, I, I'm just, I'll just say, I do think, I think that's weird. I think that's strange, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I don't think that that's wrong or, or like awful or unacceptable or anything like that. If somebody likes to think of themselves that way and that's what resonates for them, is it hurting anyone? 
Because if it's not hurting anyone, go hard. Be yourself. Do it. <laughs> Period. Like, yeah. Go for it. Um, when it comes to, but if you say like, and this makes me trans, it's like, well, maybe we should specify like trans species and transgender are two different things, right? Like just for the <laughs> yeah. sake of like ease right. so that people mm-hmm. don't get confused about who is being talked about. Like I've heard some people, and this is, you know, like old school language, but I've heard some uh, usually older trans people who really like to refer to themselves as transsexual because to them, it means that, you know, they changed secondary sex characteristics or primary sex characteristics like those are things um changes that were really important to them changes that are really important to their identity so they like the term transsexual but then it's kind of on them to specify like well i'm a transsexual person because they know colloquially if someone says trans they mean transgender which describes a number of different identities and experiences so it's kind of like if there are people who are using the phrase trans to mean something else it's like well it's kind of on you to recognize that colloquially that's not really how it's understood right that's true that's very true that's a solid point i mean i would never ever want to exclude anyone from the trans community if they feel they fit into it you know what i mean i that's not who i want to be i've seen people do that that's i don't like that i do think as you because you mentioned the litter box thing in schools you know they were putting litter boxes in, in schools or whatever and i remember reading a headline for an article that said that and it said litter boxes in in schools for trans people or transgender people whatever and i was like all right that isn't great in my yeah. opinion because then i i don't i have to i don't know it's frustrating because i don't want my community looked at like that you know what i mean it makes it makes our fight a little bit harder and that is frustrating to me am i judging anybody for identifying however they see fit no do whatever you want i power to you i think you should but as you said i think we should be using maybe the right language for it because that's not exactly what transgender is you know for for clarity's sake like just just for clarity's sake and and also like because i know i I mean there there are people who would and you can you can cut this out if you want to but there, (laughs) there are people who would raise an eyebrow at me for for saying this but like if there were people who like wanted a litter box in the school again it's like uh, okay i don't care i don't care <laughs> I that's it's... the thing it's like, <laughs> like i don't do care? care go shit in some sand that's up to you i don't yeah. care at all like, have, like i don't have care. a good time have a great but, time and so the way people make it about like you know they're like oh look at these transes trying to do this it's like well one it's not trans people and two mm-hmm. even if this was happening which it's not like do you think maybe there are other problems that are more important that maybe there are other things that are a bigger right. deal than one person in like bumfuck nowhere who wants to pee in a box <laughs> like when you say it out loud it just sounds so asinine it's yeah. like this is completely ridiculous this is what keeps you up at night like this is what you're upset about it's like i heard a 10 year old wants to shit in a box <laughs> that's your life my dude like holy shit <laughs> Yeah, for real. You must have a real boring life if that's what's keeping you up at night. Very much so. Yeah. I know. And people make make their life's work about it. People like J.K. Rowling really out here trying to, you know, make trans people's lives that much fucking harder, passing laws just to make our lives harder. You know, not that, you know, trans people need litter boxes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that, like, it's why do you care? Just why do you care? Why is it so upsetting to you? Like, 
especially for people like J.K. Rowling, where you have the money to fight actual problems, people that are actually harming us, like or harming society in general. Like we're not harming you, we're not attacking you. Why are you attacking us, and why do you care so much? Like because it's different because you haven't seen it before. Okay, like Google it to answer some questions, and then like you can rest easy, like knowing the answers from Google. Like I don't know why you're so obsessed with us. Yep. Yep. And and for the for, for trans people for trans people who like are transphobic towards other trans people, it again it's it's that thing where you just have to kind of like push people until they admit it, right? Where you just have to push people until they admit that it, like it all comes down to it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. And it's like, well, this is gonna be really hard for you to find out, but you're not actually the main character of earth <laughs> right that's i'm sure that's really rough for you i remember i had to find that out at one point too and it was really rough for me we all go through it totally understand here for you if you need anything however you are gonna have to get over that and you are gonna have to just process that feeling because it's like there's plenty of shit that goes on in the world that i don't personally like and if the only reason that i don't like it is just that i don't like it guess what it's not a problem it's not an issue like that's it's tough to have to find out, but that's that's how it is. And I bet you, you know, this made up cis person. I bet you, you don't like it because you were told as a as a child that you know you were being too feminine and feminine, and that's not that's not manly. You shouldn't act like that, and that's why it makes you uncomfortable because you were conditioned to feel that way. Yep. <sighs> yep. That actually. If, if I can go off on another thing. Please do. Kind of touches on, on another angle of it, specifically specifically for trans people, and I think to, to some extent for cis people as well, but for trans people who engage in that lateral violence, I think there's a huge part of it that is grief. I think there's a huge part of it that is pain. It's this feeling of... I know... I shouldn't say I know this is true for Buck Angel. This is what I see in Buck Angel, right? I think for Blair White, it's money. It's money. She is an incredibly feminine, like, cis-passing trans woman who has just aced the tokenization game. She's making bank. She's, like, she's she's living her best life, and her best life is an exploitative, horrible mess that hurts other people. Great. <laughs> cool. Um, you do you, girl. Um, I think for, for, for Buck Angel, something that I've kind of picked up on, and I think for, like, I think at this point, he's like, ooh, this is lucrative. Being, being <laughs> shitty and not unpacking my bullshit is, like, really lucrative. So I think that's kind of the direction he's gone in. But I think that for a lot of people, it starts with pain. For a lot of people, it starts with just the absolute trials that they had to go through to be themselves, the hurt that they had to go through, and how... I think in the backs of their minds, because they have, you know, they have meritocratic mind rot, they think it, it led them to where they are. They think it was part of the process of becoming trans. And they see other people, particularly younger trans people, who aren't going through that. And for them, it's a problem for, for, for two reasons. One, it's like, well, they don't know what it's like. They're not building character. And two... They're not ready to confront the fact that all that pain that they went through didn't have to happen. They're not ready for that. And because I know that for me, when I was unpacking my transmedicalist bullshit, it was really about this whole feeling of like, so I suffered. And that's, 
that's just that's just what happened. I just suffered. It wasn't for a reason. It wasn't it didn't make me better. It didn't make me stronger. It just hurt me. And I could have had this without that pain all this time. Yeah, that that makes me mad. That makes me really mad. That makes me fucking furious. And it's not other trans people who are responsible for that. Like not at all. Yep. So I think for the lateral violence that many like many trans people perpetuate it's just it's it's misplaced pain on that level yeah and it's what you do with that pain that matters and clearly people like buck angel and blair white aren't doing the right thing with that pain because you can see that they're they're two people who have who have been through a lot i think i saw a video about blair white and how she used to you know get jumped before she transitioned or yes. like her early stages of transitioning. And that sounds really hard. Now, why haven't I seen a video of you like talking about that pain instead of just like saying it passingly in a conversation with buck fucking angel? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, and as you said, like they, they target, at least I know buck angel targets to young trans people telling them that, you know, Hey, maybe you're not trans. Are you sure about this? Are you really, really sure? And that's kind of his angle that he goes at. And it's like, how the hell are you better than the, you know, trans people like me or like any other trans creator talking to trans youth being like, okay, here's some resources. How are you any better? You're just confusing them more. Like, yep. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, the thing when he gets started, when he gets started with this whole thing where he's just like, being trans doesn't make you special or unique. It's like, my dude, so, like someone needs to pull him aside and be like, Buck, you built an entire career off of how being trans makes you special and unique. Like, that was your whole thing, my dude. That, that's your brand. <laughs> Maybe you could Literally. pick something else to be shitty to people about. Like, because that's, that's, uh, that's the reason that you have visibility, my guy. That's it. Yep. Yep. I don't know. But being trans to him is a costume. That's 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 the angle he plays at too. It's very much because he says it. He says, uh, "This I I walk around in a costume all day." And yeah. I said that, and, ep and I played a video where he said that in an episode one day, and I was like, "Okay, hear me out, y'all. Is it wrong of me to say that he isn't actually trans? Then, if he thinks of it as a costume, like." How the hell are you going to walk around saying you pretend to be a man? Because it's his own words. He said, I pretend to be a man every day. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is what you're telling trans youth? Like, if I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, questioning my gender, I, I, and I, you know, heard him say that, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> what does this mean for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yup. Yup. And he's, I, it's, it's been interesting seeing kind of like his his trajectory um another gay stoner i think i think that's i think that's his his handle on on youtube but he has he has a really really great video um from a trans man perspective about buck angel uh really really good and it's been really sad just seeing buck's like transition i guess over the years um into this sort of you know conservative status quo token where he used to very much consider himself a man. He would say like, oh, well, I'm a trans man. Like I'm, his whole thing was like the man with a pussy. Like that was his whole, his whole bit, right? And yep. he went from that to being like, 
oh, well, you know, like you can call me he or she because I'm not super sensitive and, and, and it doesn't really matter. And it's like, well, I've definitely seen you get mad at people for calling you <laughs> she before, but I guess you've changed your mind. Okay, people change their minds. Now into, well, I'm a biological woman um, <sighs> who, you know, as you were saying, dresses as a man and like cosplays as a man. And it's just like, you, you really just compromised your entire self. So that people who hate you would hate you a little bit less? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, that's so spineless, my guy. Like, holy shit. Holy mm -hmm. shit. All for that cis male validation. Mm-hmm. That's all it's about. And I hate how much it works. I hate it. Like, I posted a TikTok about the both of them, Blair White and Buck Angel. It was kind of like a stitch thing. And I posted it i don't even know maybe four or five months ago now a while ago and it is the only video on my tiktok that still gets engagement and it's all blair white fans telling me that i'm that telling me that i'm transphobic because i called her transphobic because she's trans and i was like i can't i can't win i can't i can't <laughs> like what the hell ah. it's just oh. i hate that it works i hate that it works for her and him yeah. Well, it works because the people, the people that they're appealing to have a lot of money, right? So the reason that they, the reason that these people are so defensive of the systems that are in place, that are hurting people, that are leading to this, like, you know, social division, preservation of the status quo, they want to keep all of that money and visibility and power that they have. So they have their useful tokens who reinforce these ideas. And I, you know, there, there are so many people who are going to be like, D like mad at me for saying this. And like, it's more complicated than that. And it's like, obviously it's more complicated than this, but all of these people who are getting mad and defensive are defending their proximity to the promise of power and money and importance and validation that's being made. That's all they're doing. They're just doing it vicariously through Blair. And she, she's got hers. Like I said, you know, she's got a very successful career, um, you know? Credit where it's due. I total Blair's Blair's a girl boss. Great, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> like, good job, good job. Uh, it sucks because I would actually really love to hear Blair's actual story, and I don't know. Maybe she's told it, and I'm just that's an ignorant thing for me to say. Maybe I haven't really checked out her channel, but like, I would really love to see her actually be vulnerable and like tell her story. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna. Am armchair psychologist uh, Blair, but I just. I don't. I don't ever see it happening. I, I. I don't ever see it happening, and I think it's because I think there's like this grace period for people, um, particular like content creators specifically, where. You don't fake it till you make it. You know that whole principle. Yes. It's kind of. Yeah. It's. It, it's. It's that. It's that. Right. Yeah. Where. Once you've found your brand and you've found what's lucrative, you got to be really, really, really careful to make sure you don't lose yourself in that. Because there are plenty of people who put on a caricature. Um, Tucker Carlson's a good example. He's not actually, well, not actually like that, asterisk. At what point do you, if, if you are, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, all of that, at what point are you that person? So you're putting on a caricature, you're doing this thing, you're playing the game to make money, you're grifting, you're living your best capitalistic life. 
when do you lose yourself? Like, when, when does that happen? And I think for Blair, having sat in on a conversation she was part of before, I think for her it happened some time ago. I think, I think she's gone. I think she is the grift at this point. That's her identity. That's who she's become. And yep. that's sad. That's real sad. Yeah. Because I'd love to know yeah. her story too. Right, yeah. And people will do a lot for money. People do yeah. anything for money. I mean, like, but like the thing is, is that I, money aside, a lot of people, yes, a lot of people love Blair, but a lot of people hate Blair. And knowing that half, more than half of the trans community hates me, uh, like, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't rest easy at night knowing that my community doesn't like me and thinks yeah. that I'm a terrible person. Like, how? How do you go to sleep at night knowing that? Uh, yeah. Like, that. That's that's the one for me that I'm like, that's wild. But hey, get that month, get that bag. I guess get that bag. You keep doing you. I think I think that touches on something really important too. Is I think I think that I think we forget what it does to people, or maybe it's just maybe maybe we just haven't really examined what it does to people to be hated, right? Because when people do things, when people do things that are harmful, they should be held accountable for that, right? Like when people do things that are harmful, it's important for them to, 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 to recognize that that's what's being done and to be provided with the opportunity to make amends. But to get back to that whole labeling theory thing that, that, you know, we were talking about earlier, what does it do to somebody's self-perception to be labeled, you know, this like horrible grifting monster who, who hates people or that everybody else hates? Right? Like, what does that do to someone's self-concept? And I just, I think that at a certain point, I think what begins as ignorance becomes hate in a weird sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, this like weird cycle of hatred. And I definitely see that in Blair. I see that in Buck. I see that in, in J.K. Rowling as well. Rowling? Rowling? I've never, I've never I never know. Jowling Cowling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. That one. The one. <laughs> Queen of Turf Island. Right. Like, I think that's been a huge part of it for her too. And it's there there is a part of me that feels compassion for them. There's there's a part of me that's like, wow, that's really awful. Like on the one hand, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your own accent act the actions. <laughs> I can say words. But on the other hand, on the other hand, that sucks. That sucks. It must be hard yeah. being hated by so many people. And you could stop it, but we all know how scary it is to have to confront an image of yourself that you've built up um, to have to like smash it and rebuild it again. Right. And, you know, trans people, all trans people, I think know to an extent what it's like to be hated by a lot of people, but it's, it's the, your own community aspect, you know, like, yes, I don't know. I fucking cis people, half the world, Half the, all, all the cis people in the world could hate me, and I would be fine with it. It would suck, for sure. But, like, I could sleep at night. But if the entire trans community hated me, ah, like, that's that's what I don't get. Amen. And, you know, I guess J.K. Rowling, you know, the whole trans community hates her, so she doesn't care. But, you know, she's got a lot of cis people on her side, so I guess I mean, that's why. But that's why I'm like, Blair, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Don't yeah. have the answers for that one. 
it feels like it's 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 trading it's trading a guaranteed sense of belonging for the safety of of tokenization like being a token is is safe ish um but i don't know are you ever are you ever really really part of it do you ever really belong do you ever really feel like do you do you get to have conversations with people who just understand without you having to explain anything true yeah true community must not mean much to you that's one of the things that means i don't keep fucking talking about it but like that's one of the things that i love most about being trans is the community that comes with it you know the fact that i don't feel so alone anymore in my transition like who do you have a bunch of cis people good for you i guess i don't know (laughs) like (laughs) sounds sounds not so great to be honest (laughs) right uh now uh Before we go, I want – I've done this mm, past couple episodes. I might have skipped a few. Um, but I want to start doing this thing where I ask my guests, you know, what does being a woman or what does being a man, what does being non-binary, et cetera, mean to you? Because I would like to change the narrative of what Matt Walsh has tried to do to us trans people. Um, and obviously the way that I'm asking it is not in a ignorant – out to get you kind of way but uh i would like to ask you what does you know being a man or masculinity mean to you as a trans man that's a very good question and it's something that like i i i was given warning of this question and i should have sat down and like actually spent time thinking about it because for me my answer would work for any of those questions, right? Like, what's it being a man? What's it being a woman? What's it being, you know, like a specific non-binary identity mean to you? I think it is... I'll focus on being a man, because that's what I am. For me, being a man and masculinity came about in in challenging what I was told that was supposed to be, in sort of forging my own identity and carving out a place for myself that to me was my reclamation of masculinity my reclamation of of manhood more specifically it was standing my ground in a world that was trying to force me to be something else and i i feel that way because i see the way so many men specifically cis and and trans alike are being pushed into a very narrow idea of masculinity that is imposed by other people. I I shouldn't say of masculinity, a very narrow idea of what it is to be a man, specifically, that is imposed by other people. And to me, I think, given that manhood goes back to strength so often, and will, and the ability to be a leader, and it's like, if you can't even have the will to oppose these systems if you can't have the strength to assert yourself what what is that like how how can you how can you claim to uphold those those values and that archetype while doing what other people have told you to do because it's what makes them more comfortable Mm. i like that that's awesome 100 percent. it's challenging what you know what you think you know about masculinity or what society thinks about masculinity 100 percent. i love that i think i said it you know 
in a previous episode, but it's also all about like, I guess what you said, just knowing that there isn't one way to be a man, you know, there's not one way to be a woman. There's not, gender doesn't exist, guys. (laughs) You can customize it and it's awesome. It's like so fun when you realize that you can make it be whatever you want. And that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, uh, again, I don't know. It's just, as you said, you can be whatever you want. And there's just no one way to, there's outside of being trans, outside of gender, there's not one way to do anything. Like, why is it gender that we're trying to control so much? Like, I don't know. Don't get it. But I love that answer. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Of course. Uh, now, do you have a song that has, you know, kind of helped you or has resonated with you throughout your transition at all? Not a specific one. I have um, a lot of songs that I just really, really love um, that I uh, cycle through or listen to obsessively until they lose all emotional value to me. It's um, <laughs> another one. Uh, <laughs> but if I can uh, shout out a, a trans artist who is just, so so good um so the younger sibling i mentioned earlier she writes all of the music for my videos uh she's an an incredible incredible musician so talented and her uh, artist handle is ichabod uh y-c-k-a-b-o-d and so she is she's a trans artist who has like no visibility but she's so good she's so so good she's so talented um and I, I want to kind of like recommend her, uh, specifically oh, yeah. her song Hold On Sunshine is just banger. So good. I love that. Awesome. That will, her handle or whatever will be in the description below 100%. I think it's super important to uh, kind of put a spotlight on trans creators no matter what they do. I think it's super important. So that will definitely be in the description below. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And before we go, why don't you give everybody your socials so people can follow you, find you. Right. So, yes, I am Swalsom on YouTube. That is my channel name. Uh, the at is Fantastic Mr. Fox, and you can find me there, hopefully posting again pretty soon. I had to go on a bit of a hiatus for school reasons, but uh, should be back at it in February. Something will be rolling out. Sweet. I highly recommend checking out Finn's channel. I, I myself learned a lot from your channel i think you're doing really important things and as another trans person i appreciate you for doing it oh thank you well likewise likewise thank you i appreciate you uh now you can follow me at hrt podcast on tiktok and instagram i post on that every single day uh join my discord finn is in the discord if you'd like to talk to finn he'll be there uh and my patreon putting out some more content on there soon i think i'm gonna put some gaming clips on there if anyone's interested in that and subscribe to me on here on youtube i post every tuesday also on spotify i'd appreciate it and that is about it for this week guys finn i appreciate you being on this was a great episode yeah yeah thank you so much thanks for having me of course all right guys i will see you next week bye